It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? The Life on Life's Term podcast. <laughs> podcast. And we're back. And I'm Tom Robinson. And I'm a grateful recovered opiate addict. I am Chris Mandeville. Um, I am a recovered heroin addict as well. Um, and don't get con- don't get confused. Recovered isn't cured. That's, That's right. right. Recovered um, from a hopeless state of mind and body. Yes. Well, like I always say... <laughs> Yes. We're not affiliated with any 12-step program, so they're not af- uh, responsible for what we do here. Yes, these are opinions and experience of those here and those we have on. Only. So you can find our audio podcast at lolterms.com. Please subscribe. Uh, please like, subscribe, share. Share this podcast now. See the little button down in the corner? It says share. Hit that. Hit um, that. Hit it. Hit it. And so tonight... Um, we have a special guest. She's here from Arizona, uh, Ooh. Rabbi Jenny. Um, Hi, she, everyone. she is working with Derek, who we've had on several times. Derek Quirk, uh, Revelations Recovery. Um, I wore you, I rocked his shirt last week. Derek. Yes. We got um, new ones coming in soon. She is, <laughs> she, 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 she's laughing a lot, which is great. Um, <laughs> It's good medicine. <laughs> She's um, training the guys, Derek and uh, the guys at his house in her. Now, did did you develop this? Or yes, I did. I did. So um, it's a avatar. Yes. Training. A avatar. Yes, it's an a avatar training program. Okay. It's basically awakening the hero, awakening the visionary addiction so treatment, just pull that and a recovery. Closer. Is yes. that better? Yes, much yes. better. Um, yeah, it's a 22-form workbook that transforms the mind of the victim and the liar into the visionary hero and healer. So, which is which, which is, is what, what we are. When and we what we need. On this yes. And what we need. Sure. Um, I don't know what whatever people use twelve steps, whatever that that's going to work for what it's going to work for. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of things and. Since we've been doing this podcast, we've been doing it for over two years now, we've we've realized and come to the realization that all of this and what happens to us is based on traumas. Mm-hmm. And and um and self imposed self defeating identities that we mm-hmm. yeah that we uh are just cling to and um and uh we need to give up. Yeah. Yes. Retell our stories. So what what does avatar a avatar mean. Oh, well, well, before we one one second. All right. We're here at a new oh, yes. recovery center yes. in Quincy, Mass, and they so graciously. Yes, uh, uh, eighty-five Quincy Ave, Quincy, Mass. Get on if you're on Facebook. Go on to their um, onto their page. They have so many meetings here mm-hmm. every nice. single day, yep. and and it's not just recovery meetings. There's right now there's a woman's nurturing meeting going on where they make dinner, they hang out. Um, it, there's there's veterans meetings here. There's there's um, medically assisted treatment meetings here. You name it, it's here. Um, there's lots of resources, lots of people. If you need to need to talk to someone, come down. Um, the woman at the desk right now is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Mama Devoy. Yeah, Mama Devoy. 
Um, so, sorry about that, but we, yeah, we yes. need to get that plug so in. So what is ah. a Havatar? Well, first of all, hi, hi everyone. I'm yes. Rabbi Jenny. I just wanted to say the energy at Inoue is like, I'm giggling because it is <laughs> so inspiring. Yes. I am so nice. happy to be here in Massachusetts. I was born here. But, you know, sometimes you get uh, discouraged about what's going on. And mm. my mm. fire is lit. This place is amazing. If you live in Massachusetts, please come see it. Just yeah. the, the spirit of the people who are working here. Um, avatar is a combination of two words. Um, ahava is the Hebrew word for love. And an avatar is someone who walks the earth with the knowledge of their connection to the divine. Some common avatars that we talk about, Moses, Jesus, Buddha, these were avatars. These were people who knew who they were in the eyes of the divine. So an avatar is someone who walks with the knowledge of the light and love within them. And you kind of have, you own it. And Derek can tell you, because once you finish the work, you are are new. You completely own who you really are in the scheme of things. And I'm very passionate about it because one of the things that has struck me about this epidemic, about um, the way it has been traditionally treated, is this identification with the problem, the old story, that there's something wrong with you. Mm. Listen, I, I guess I got to just kind of come out. When I when I walked into the rooms when I was 24 years old, nobody told me there was anything wrong with me. In fact, those people tried to show me what was right with me. And they loved me. Mm. And I mean, sometimes that was just, it, you know, I wasn't afraid of failure. I was afraid of responsibility. I was actually afraid to use my gifts. You know, I was, af- I was actually afraid, you know. My grandmother used to say, we, we love the addict until they can love themselves. Yeah. And so it was really, I mean, it's, it's just my passion to um, create an environment where no self-pity is allowed, where no self-deprecation is allowed, no shame, no guilt and we just go on a scavenger hunt for your gifts and for why you're here and mm. help you figure it out, you know. Yeah. So. And wow, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. That's that's inspiring in itself, just knowing that you're doing that. That's a, that's a whole Well, you got to come through very it, Tom. Interesting you got to come to the uh, you got to go through angle. the whole <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, sir. Come through yeah. it. You'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Ooh. And I I seen the the dates. So it's this weekend from Well, the right 6th right to the now 10th. it's so exciting. Like this is you know, Derek's here. He's founded um, Revelations Recovery in Joseph's house, and he graduated from a treatment center that I was the executive director in Florida that is no longer in business. But Derek went through the hero work and the sacred fire and ceremony. He received his rights. He designed his own charity, which everybody knows, Reps for Recovery. He designed that with us. Um, so we came up here to uh, train and certify his Joseph's house in the Ahavatar model. So his uh, house will be transformed with the language. They'll get all the notebooks. They're going to get everything that you would get in a normal treatment center, but this is a sober home. Because one of the things, you know, and here it goes, my heart's just, if you know me, it's starting. One of the things that I am really, I really feel as if I was losing this war or whatever, where I couldn't bridge the gap between the 90 days they were with me and when they would leave and go to sober living. So creating a nonprofit that would ensure a strong spiritual and creative environment inside sober homes, it's really uh, part of a a much bigger vision for me that, you know, you could go home and you could still experience ceremony. You could still experience really good groups. And And, and get the benefit of a treatment center, but... 
where you where you're living. You're living, and well, and you get to bring it home. Yeah, which is how this is supposed to work, anyways. Right, and um, it's it's because I was young and alone. I was telling the kids yesterday that I was, and they're not kids, but they're all kids to me. Uh, I was in. Um, I was a kid. I was alone. I what was in you know. I, I guess I am okay. It's 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 official. I'm getting uncomfortable, but I was in the rooms and I was I was alone. I was young and I was raised by the blue hairs in recovery. And I went to every workshop, read every book, went to every place I could find to get connected. I had an amazing woman who was my spiritual guide, and she brought me to. Everything when I was on that 11 step, Reiki circles, uh, church revivals, uh, sweat lodges, and lit mm. me up. There wasn't a moment when I was connected in, uh, in this, on this journey where I wasn't being lit up. And it's, it's, it's something that I don't think has meant to fade out, but it has. And maybe it's because some of us, you know, we moved on, we had kids, we left, you know, we didn't. But it's this passion to light you up. I mean, it was like magical Disneyland to me. You know? Yeah, and, and, you know, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've found that with myself, like, you know, in, in traditional 12-step, you, you need to have a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one spiritual awakening isn't going to cut it. Not, not for, for me. me. <laughs> not for me. Because yeah. that feeling yeah. starts to fade. Life right. comes at you. Mm-hmm. Things happen. You know, like, just because you're you're spiritual doesn't mean you can't tell someone to fuck off. <laughs> you know, like. I do it often. Life, life, life comes at you and we're human. Right. We have to remember that. We're human. Um, and so for myself, I, I, I need to be lit up. I right. need to. So, like. That's why the things that I find on Facebook and the content that I uh, that I share, if it lights me up, I'm hoping that it'll do something for someone else. Like if I read something and I, and I feel it, mm-hmm. like I want someone else to possibly get that off of it as let's, well. Let's talk about uh, – let's define the, the light up part. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what that feels like. Well, I mean, there's there's a couple ways that we try to light you up. One is by inspiring you um, to think differently about your life. I think to um, – force you to see uh, I'm just going to tell a story about a client that came through who was um, uh, I was a chaplain at Hanley Hazelton and um, this client came into my office and he started telling me about his life and his abusive father and just his whole life and I just looked at him and I was like well when your dad was doing all that like what were you doing and he's like, well, I put my brother in the closet. You know, he was telling me all this, like, amazing crap he was doing. Like, superhero stuff. Mm. And I was like, wow, you're pretty amazing. Like, do you remember what you were wearing? And he was like, his footy pajamas, if everybody remembers oh, those, right? Yeah, I share you know? a story about that. Right, yeah. underdog footy pajamas. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and, he, and he said, uh, and his face changed. You know, and then I had another kid that went through it. What? What? Um, what, what how did so? His face was change? it in a good way or? Yes. Bad? Yeah. Because I wasn't telling him there was anything wrong with right, him. Right. Right. I was saying, what a badass! Right. Okay. Like that you're, little you're, boy was a badass. You're you're right. you're fearful. You're you're scared, but you're you're thinking of others. Right. Well, not only that, I think that the I, I used to say, why are we looking for a smoking gun? 
with this disease. You look for a smoking gun, you're just going to shoot yourself. Like stop looking for something's wrong. We have, we have to look for what's right in people. Right, there right. is enough of that. You know, I have a lot of global theories about this, this disease of addiction. And one of the ones is that, you know, the average addict, alcoholic is, is more sensitive and more empathetic and more creative than than normal. Uh, and, I'd say so. Yeah. Yep, and agree with so that. what are we dealing with now? We're dealing with a very shameless culture. People are just doing, I mean, they're not even thinking. Oh. So who's going to absorb Social media that? has right. like. Yeah. Who's going to absorb that shame though? Because this is a, we are a one, we are one being, we're one energy. So that's got to go somewhere. And if you don't know what to do with your life, if nobody has come into your life to say, let's help you find your purpose, let's find something in your life. The only way you can kind of cope with all that is to tune out. Mm-hmm. I'll just become the shame. I'll become the guilt. I'll do that. And I truly believe there's a lot to that. So I'm really, uh, my hero name is, you know, Sister Shameless. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm really um, an eradicator of that. Like, you know, but it takes time. It takes a lot more time to find what's right with somebody. You know, than to find what's yeah, wrong. Yeah, than to find what's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, they can talk for a couple minutes and you yeah. can find out what's wrong. Yeah. But yeah. turning that around and... and Having them believe in themselves, mm-hmm. which you know none of us typically do when we're coming in here. Mm-hmm. Like we don't. Oh yeah, we, for we think sure. that we're big piles we're ta- of shit. We're taking on mm-hmm. the, the oh, identity yeah. of of the the bad guy. Yeah. yeah, because because of you know just the way that we felt or or, or been made to feel mm-hmm. um, by others, and like you know I I I think about it all the time. Like the world isn't happening. To me, it's happening for me. There you go. Yes. Like, but because yes. it's all, it's hey. all about, yeah. it's all about perspective. <laughs> yeah. It's all about how we're looking at things. Well, and trust and believe that not all the time I'm like that. I'm like, oh, what the fuck's this happening for? You know, like. <laughs> but the, how, how about bigger than this? You are the world. Mm. You are the world. What's happening in one is happening in the whole. So you are the world. You know, and that whole idea like, oh, my God, this is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? It's happening everywhere. Right. You right. know, and believe me, I don't minimize it. I, you know, it is not one thing a woman on this planet has been through pretty much that I haven't, if you read my first book. But when the big awakening came for me that it wasn't what happened to me. It's how I reacted to what was happening right, to me, right. which exactly we've read correct. in the book so much. Mm-hmm. And what would happen if I just went, oh, I experienced this at a young age. So I could learn how to deal with it and help others, but also to find out how strong I am. Mm, right. You know? Or, to to or, still be right. compassionate and still mm. actually love humans after right. the shit that's been done. Right. That, to, be, to me, is extremely powerful. To become, to become who you needed to become, you mm-hmm. needed to go through what you had to, be, to go through. Right. And, and now you can be that person that others need. Right. Like, you know, like I always the, tell my son, you're already all right. Yeah. Yeah. How many times did we hear that? Yeah. We heard it all the time. Yeah. You're already all right. Mm-hmm. We go through all these things in life. Uh, it's really what we're made for. It's really what we're, 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 the only thing that's good is to go from here to over there to where something might be a little bit better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to journey and get, and to become something. Otherwise, what's it all about? Why are we here? And there's this space where, you know, it's just you and God. 
it's a space. And if you're one of us or you've been on a journey like ours, or you, you have that, you, you have experienced that space. I think uh, David yeah. G calls it the gap. Yeah. Mm. And I, if, I listen to a lot of his meditations. Yeah, it's and, the, where the watcher appears or, you know, and, and it's where the whole world is taken away from you on the outside. And it forces yes. you within. And mm. that is in not a, a road everybody has come here to, to travel. But if you have, you know, mm. then you've come to help others. Because young people, I have a 17-year-old today, and, and they are so... I know it was just with Joseph Derek's son. I mean, they are so aware and also being so um, infiltrated oh. energetically. And so helping them expand their inner world is really the only way. So that's what lit up is. I'm going to get back. So oh, that's, yeah. that's exactly. being lit up. And then there's another kind of lighting up that we do in a avatar that we do, which comes from sacred traditions where I actually, we actually light you up uh, – you three, we, we open, you know, I truly believe that most of us are shut down, you know, um, and we're shut down in our core, we're shut down in our heart, and we're shut down in our mind in one way or the other. So we do sacred fire, we do sacred talking circle, and we start to awaken, and then we actually go through the guys uh, and girls and women, ladies and gentlemen, go through exercises to get ready to receive, you know, the lightning that actually runs this planet. And I... Mm. I've thought about it and I think had discussions with others. Like, do you think that we're meant to be that way? Like shut down? No. So no, 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 not, not, not personally, but do you think others want us that way? A hundred percent. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Like population control. Yeah. Like they, I don't think, I don't think, I think there's forces that be that don't want us to know our full potential. Look at state funded treatment. Mm. Hmm. Why can't we talk about God? I know. Why can't we talk about spirituality? Why can't we talk about the steps? Why can't we? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's 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 about medicine, mm-hmm. like big pharma, big money, th- big business. The the like yeah. the four biggest industries in the world I think are like real estate, um, healthcare, insurance, and probably pharmaceuticals. Those yeah. are probably the four biggest industries in the world, mm-hmm. and why? Why is it the United States mm-hmm. consumes we are only 4% of the entire population yet we consume 85% of all pain medication that's manufactured. Mm. 4% of the population of the world but we consume 85% of the pain meds. It's funny because like I was talking a long time ago if you're in the why you're in the problem. Get mm. in the how, you know? Mm. I don't think, I mean, I could spend so much time, and I've been in clinical meetings where I have been like, why don't you just leave the rig at the door? You know, I mean, I've had major fights, and Derek knows I'm done fighting that fight. Mm. I'm done trying to figure out why or where. I think my my explanation is spiritual. Like, I think that we are one. We are one planet. We are one galaxy. We are one. We are one energy. We're all sitting here. This is very deep, but it's real, and it's Jewish mysticism. If you want to learn about it, um, we are one energy. And if people are behaving in a certain way, some it has to go somewhere. So instead of looking at it like a negative, I just say like we have to start taking that 
taking those gifts, taking that energy that's coming at the addict, taking it that's coming at people in, and, give, and, and give them the tools, like arm them with the spiritual tools to light up and turn it out. Because the truth is we are evolving on a planet. They call this the age of Aquarius. The angels and the guides and spirits are closer than they've ever been. But it's, you know, it's like turning everyone towards it. Right, you know, giving them that ability, and, and you know, let let everything else be. You know, I I know, I know that's like, well, don't say, but I just I can't do that. I mean, my heart has broken over and over again, losing people, and yeah. um, and with this illness, and I I don't want to do that. If I'm if I'm gonna get lit up, if I'm gonna do this, I can't fight that fight anymore. Mm. So you do your MAT, you do whatever yeah. the hell you want, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go where people like Derek are at, and people like a new way where it's where they're just doing the work. And I'm gonna try to raise the money to give them what they need to just do it. Right. I right. can't. You know, it, it's it's just it's um it just helps me stay sane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So now you you are originally from out this way. Well, I was born here. Born here. This yes. is the site of all my trauma. <laughs> yeah, it really is. This yeah. is like really weird coming here. Even the trees. I'm like, Whoa, you know, um, split levels. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was born in Beth Israel. I lived here till I was 11. But we had we went to the Cape every summer, and um, I lived in Sharon, Randolph, Sharon. Uh, my cousins mm. are all still around, Brockton, Canton, you know, still in Randolph, some of them, mm. uh, New Hampshire, you know. Um, yeah, my uh, my family grew up in Randolph as well. Oh, cool. Dennis Ave. Oh, wow. They probably know my the Litz, my Barry and Nancy Litt, you know, Barry. Um, maybe. Yeah. Like a, I, um, and, um, yeah, so I went, we moved to Florida, and then I came up to UMass Amherst, the site of my demise. <laughs> Like oh, yeah, literally, a, yeah. That was my, that yeah, was my wild days. My girlfriend, Kristen, yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, it's like she, a city. She spent <laughs> a lot of time at UMass Amherst, and I, she didn't even go there. Yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time. That was I me at Roger Williams. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, I had this. two very scary years at UMass. Yeah. yeah, and then I went back home and had some more scary years, but. Yeah, UMass, it wasn't, you know, it's like once you live, and Derek, you know, he wants to go to Florida, but once you live in blue sky all the time, right. it is very hard to come back to white sky. And I remember not understanding why I was so depressed. And the sun. Yeah, just the, the, there was no blue, you know. I had a really world. hard time. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, so, but I don't, I mean, I, you know, I was, that was just my, you know, where I went on my journey there and. Um, now, how long were you in Florida? God, I was in Florida most of my life from that point. You know, twelve on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came up for summer camp and things like that yeah. to the Northeast, and then college for two years. But then I stayed in Florida for grad school, for law school, and um, you know, got sober. I'm saying. <laughs> coming up why are you whispering i don't know i'm old school uh and and when i was 24 in law school i was in my i was going into my third year of law school so it's so it's (laughs) it's attorney rabbi jenny yeah attorney rabbi jenny yeah Yeah. not in that order (laughs) right right something like is hey you yeah yeah um so like what do you what do you feel about the treatment in different parts of the country do you think it's different i'll tell you i've been out of it for what happened was is we built this amazing place in Florida. I mean, it was amazing, and uh, 
everyone involved I'm eternally grateful for. And this the greed and the, and the things that went wrong, it just did. The program itself was amazing, but it ending was a heart. It was, I was, you know, we had four houses. We I had 80 employees. We were, I mean, I was, we were doing fires. I was doing fires twice a week. I was, I gave 150 rights out. It was just, it was an amazing experience. But when it ended, it was a, a big deal. And I met my partners uh, out in Arizona who had some property. And the the real story about what happened was, is I, a friend of Derek, Sam, passed away. Um, he was with us for 90 days in the program. And he went to Sober Living, met a girl, got high, and died. And I don't mean to add the girl thing, but that's a whole other show. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. if, if yeah. it's meet a boy, meet a girl. Um and he died right away. One used one time, and they found him. He was nineteen, uh, just full of life, and did so well. And when that happened, I I knew I was going to lose. And I'm a very stubborn, I guess. I'm ju- I don't want to lose. And what I was knew it? You knew you were going to lose the battle. I knew I was going to lose. That as long as I couldn't keep them longer, or give them programming longer, have you know. They were gonna, and, they were and that's die. Oh, it's me and me and Tom yeah. are both from yeah. from long term treatment. Yeah, you're we're from lose. Thera- gonna lose. I was we're like, from I'm the gonna lose. Therapeutic community days yeah. where you they don't have those no more. Yeah. Right. So like, it didn't matter. Like, we, yes, we were run by by Spectrum. Yeah. But, oh God. <laughs> but we ran. Yeah. The, the guys ran the house. Yeah. You know, like we had responsibilities. Yep. We all had a work crew. Mm-hmm. Um, the house was run on donations. Guys got on the phone mm. and made cold yeah, calls and really called companies. Place. Yeah, you know, but that gave us purpose. That gave of course. us like it gave us. Listen, these these guys need shit paper. We got to get on the horn and find right. someone that right. can donate some toilet paper to right. us. You but know you're, what you're saying is you were going to lose the battle. In other words, you weren't going to be as effective as you felt you needed to be mm. treating people. No, at that time I was a little grandiose, and anyone who knows me back then knows I was a little I was a little on war. I was on the war. It was me against heroin, and I was I was on I was going to prove a way to fix it. Oh, you know, wow. yeah, it was yeah. grandiose. It was my own thing. But and it brought you to it where brought you are. me. Yeah, and I started to pray. After Sam died, I prayed every night for land. Oh, I that's said, awesome. Send me land, send me land, send me land. So two years later, when these men walked into the program that ended up ending, they had 163 acres out in southern Arizona that they weren't using. And almost immediately I was on a plane out to see this property. And for the past three years, I've simply been involved in the construction of getting this property ready. It's for a year-long men's facility out out there. Um, and Yeah, the, if, you, the vision, if you go on her page, you can see some of the, yeah, you the can progress. See some of the videos. That's, and that's we're, we're getting close. We're getting close. It's it's. But I've been out of treatment. So that's why that was the answer to your question. I'm sorry, it was a long way to the answer. But I've been so far removed from it that um, to go back into it is a little intimidating. It's, but but this this is going to be a different yeah. type. Would you? It's not yeah. going to be traditional. Would you, no. So would no. you? You wouldn't consider what you're what you're doing uh, treatment. The, the I'm sorry. What was the avatar? Avatar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um. It is. I <laughs> mean, say that so nice. But even to come, <laughs> even to come here it's just god's time like you know there's there's a lot of yes. there's yeah, a lot this of was, things i think timing. this was actually supposed to happen earlier like oh yeah December. we've been trying we've been trying december or yeah. something like that but 
it happens when it's supposed it's to. Supposed that's right. To. You know, that's right. we can try and force things. And it's weird. It's having kind of a domino yeah. effect because <clears throat> when we did the five hundred one c three, which is separate, like the the long term program is not nonprofit. It's a year long, uh, three phases of living. Uh, residential then you step down and there's room for there's room to build buildings from here to eternity and the guys can just build if you can build it you can live in it that's how i'm looking at <laughs> right. it um huh. but the the nonprofit is why i'm here but it the time away motivated me to get clear on that piece that nobody nobody should be kept from quality spiritual and creative programming mm-hmm. the solution to this mm. disease is realizing who you are mm. You know, and Bill and Wilson think, saw that. And, and yeah, and, and I think like all the people that you talked about earlier, Moses, mm-hmm. Buddha, Jesus, mm-hmm. I think they were all talking about the same thing. Absolutely. I don't care where you're from, yeah. who you call, what Absolutely. you call them. Everyone was trying to teach us the same thing. True. But then man gets involved, ego gets involved. Ah, I don't like the way this sounds. Let me change this a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. now this has separated everybody. Yeah. I don't think that that was ever how it was supposed to be. Well, and that's my blessing. I was trained in interfaith before I finished rabbinical seminary. And as an effective chaplain in substance abuse, I did a lot of my most effective work, not with Jewish clients, but with Catholic clients, um, kids who are agnostic, atheists, no religion, because you have to expose people to everything. You, right. Because I used to say this, I said, you know, people like diamonds, there's no two diamonds the same, right? And and light shines through diamonds differently, and the light shines through every person differently. So God's mm. going to speak to, you know, one person's, you know, I, I, what's, what's that movie with uh, Will Ferrell about the funny race car driver? Tell oh, okay. You know they're doing like the baby Jesus and the the, yeah. the hippie Jesus, and that's actually a really real. It's a hysterical conversation, but it's a realistic view of like we all see higher power differently. Right. right. You know, we real, and you have to be free to find that. Yeah, and like yeah. the like, what something that was impactful on me was that movie Stigmata, <gasps> because like it heavy. wasn't it wasn't about an organized religion. Like you got to go to this building, right? Mm. At the at the end of the movie, it uh-huh. was like, no, you turn over a rock, I am there. Right, like, well, I am it, everywhere. Here's here's um, here's what uh, the what I, and just as I always say, I'm I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what I say is I I know my truth. I know my truth. Mm-hmm. I don't understand everybody else's truth, and I don't have to. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I know my truth, and that's that's good enough for me. You know, I know that that uh, I've had spiritual experiences that have made me weep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, by myself, right, without anybody there, and um, out of the blue, <laughs> mm-hmm. like not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what just, I mean, it happened because it was supposed to. And but but, am I going to judge someone who has never even heard of of my religion? There's a person across the world right now who just was born, and they're going to die three years from now. Are they going to hell? I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like when I explain it when we do the group, when we do the fire, and, and you know, I explain to the ladies or gentlemen or whoever I'm doing that, you know, that it's my passion. I have to, I have to show you everything on the planet spiritually, and then you choose what you want. Um, there's no way 
that God would come down in uh, the Middle East the same way God would come down in South America, even in the food you eat, in the atmosphere, in the color of the sky. Everything is different, but it's all the same essential love and light. But the messages mm. of the culture, what the way the culture took that message was just because that's where they were on the earth. And we have to look for what's the same. Mm. You know, my teacher said that we have to look for what's the same, you know, not for what separates us. What, what makes us the same? What is the essential? And if you're okay with who you are, then you can talk about anything. Mm. You know, it's the fear, right. you know, and I always say in my own faith, there's so much fear in my own in my own faith. And I'm a Torah maniac. Chris has watched my live lights. I mean, I'm I am what I am, you know. But the fear of the beauty and the fear of the spirituality and the fear of being out kind of about that and confident comes from a real you know, a wound from World War Two, but other other spiritual cultures have the same. They don't want to. Sh you know, there's a fear. If I share who I am, you're going to hurt me. If yeah, I persecution. Share, yeah, or whatever. you yeah. see it a lot with um, the indigenous cultures. You know, if I if I share who I am, and so we have to create an environment where we're free to explore everything. I've I've experienced yeah. that because mm -hmm. everybody I w went to school with growing up as a Christian from when I was young was not into that. And they wanted to tell me about how I was wrong. I mean, everybody I knew, all my friends, all my enemies, all my, you know, people who didn't really care about me. I mean, none of them would admit that they were Christian or, or, or you know, believed in, in a higher power or God or anything like that. You know what I mean? Talking about the 80s and, the, you know, the, the heavy metal scenes, mm. strong, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and here I am, a Christian, like, all right, well, I don't want to say anything because... You know, as soon as I do, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, and on and on it goes. And that's, that caused me to shut down <clears throat> and just keep it to myself and just, you know. Yeah, because of fear like that. You know, yeah. say, say you say you're a Christian and then you're listening to heavy metal and now people are like, oh, oh so that's exactly. what Christians do, huh? Or if <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, exactly right. It, it, you know, they judge you because, you know, oh, yeah, you, you say, call yourself a Christian and here you are shooting heroin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, that just comes along with it, like the well, whole thing with, with anonymity and stuff. You know well, there's I mean? a jealousy, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is jealousy is a really real thing. Um, if you have faith of any kind, there is a jealousy that can come towards you um, based in an, the other's sense of unworthiness. And, mm. and so instead of you have to come from compassion, you have to understand that. Um, hostility is coming from a place where they don't feel worthy. Mm. But here's the thing. We're all a part of this world. You cannot avoid it. Even the people we hate, even the polarities right now on the news and who you like, and doesn't matter. They are all part of everything. You can't. You are God. Sorry. That's the way mm. it is. You mm. don't like it. That's fine. But you are, you know. You are. And so really kind of coming from that place of compassion now is, is coming through that. Because I, too, I had a lot of anti-Semitism and some weird stuff as a kid. But now I see, like, a lot of that is just based on fear and unworthiness and um, the message that we're separate from the divine. 
and right. media and and they all want us it's like a way to separate and i always say you say stigmata i say the matrix like i was like a couple years on this journey and i watched the matrix like oh my god how do they know you know yeah, and then i right. found out it's about kabbalah so i was like oh my god that's really the but where you talk about i'm like unplugging and finding the real world that's how i felt when i came in the room so like oh, this is where they are this is what's real you know yeah. this and, is, and it's it's crazy like if you think about it like that's what they want. They want mm-hmm. us like this and, mm-hmm. or watching TV and, and, mm-hmm. and like yeah. keeping us plugged in and feeding us what they want mm-hmm. us to know mm-hmm. and uh, what, what they want us to, to buy and consume. Yep. Well, I can you know? tell you, I can tell you that that uh, you know I've do, I've dove deep into like uh, quantum physics mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, stuff like this, and um, it's it's pretty apparent that we live in more something like a, a computer simulation mm-hmm. than an objective reality. It's more like um, like we're plugged in. This is how I picture it. Our consciousness is plugged into this reality right now. Yeah, right. And I remember I was saying they don't want us free thinking. I was saying before, if I but met they you, are you. Yeah, <laughs> you are them. If I mm. met you before, <laughs> if, it's not gonna. You can't. You gotta let. If you get, you gotta let go of polarity. Well, I think. I think. <laughs> I think it, I it's lose. possible that part we're part of a bigger. Mm-hmm. energy consciousness but we definitely have individuality but if i met you before you were born you couldn't identify with being male or female you couldn't identify with being white black you know you couldn't identify with being rich or poor mm-hmm. you know what i mean right um all these things they're all part of this journey mm-hmm. you know what i mean and uh well, and we uh, see what we want to see and that's the hardest thing. Like when you when you finally get better, you realize that hey, maybe I'm not seeing things the way they are, and you let someone else help you see things differently. I mean, mm. that's the beginning of the true journey. I was I'm reminded of this story when the uh, boats came to North America for the first time. The Native Americans didn't see them. They didn't see them. I heard that. Isn't it that took, amazing? It took it took. Um, I can't remember if it was days or I don't want to be misquoted, but. Their minds couldn't conceive that a boat could come. I mean, they just, they, they, they couldn't see it, you mm. know. And so what we do now, people, all of us on this journey, is we're teaching people to see. Like, literally, mm. they, exactly. they, don't, they don't know that God is there. They don't know that in every, every <clears throat> empty space there's an angel. They don't know, you know, anymore because they've forgotten or they've never used that, that sight before. That it, like, when you say that sight, I think mm-hmm. third eye, mm-hmm. you know, and and like, I've I've heard that a lot of environmental stuff helps stops us from from using that our pineal gland, it gets calcified and and we don't get to use it the way that a long time ago people were, you know, I I don't know. Have hmm. you read about the dark ages? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I I think that um, it's it's more a peripheral vision. It's more we're not using. We don't. We're we're, we're looking here. You know. You know when you're walking through the woods, and a bird flies by, but you know it's flying by before it actually flies by. What the fuck is that? Mm. That's a different sight. That's you. That's you out here. That's you up here. That's you. The, that's the, Caroline Mace calls it the world behind your eyes. It's it's almost like a muscle we have. We use maybe when we were babies until about three or four years old, 
And then our eyes just, boom, you know, look at mom, look at dad, look at the TV, look, you know, and we stopped, you know. Mm. Like, how do you know when something's there? And I think that it's, it's the third eye for me can be complicated personally because I can get caught up in um, opening it and being Buddha, you know. <laughs> Again, I'm grandiose, you know, I fit the profile. <laughs> but mm. if I just, <laughs> I just like kind of try to tune in a little bit more out here. And not so much right here. That's when things um, really open up. Because that's where they are. I mean, they're right here. Right. You know, they're all right here with us in the studio now. I mean, I know that. Um, so as far as the, the Ahavatar training, what, what does, does it consist of? Well, um, <clears throat> the Ahavatar in the – there's two different ways to experience Ahavatar. Ahavatar is a workbook which has 22 forms. And if you go to the Global Ahavatar Initiative, please contact me through the website. There will be training for facilitators. And you can go through the certification. It's a four-and-a-half, uh, four five-day training where you actually go through the book yourself. And then you're able to use the work the, the workbook one-on-one or in groups with other people. And then there's the Ahavatar program that we designed for sober living and for residential and, and really for anything. Ahavatar is used in foster care reentry with foster care kids, uh, with Educate Tomorrow down in Dade County. They were the first to use the program. It's, in a self, it's a self-esteem course for when the uh, girls are aging out. And they'd go through Avatar. And then we also use it in grief and loss. And we use it. uh, It's really good for people who are retiring and don't know how to reframe their lives. It's a way to let go completely of old stories. You know, and if you and um, but for the for the treatment, what we're doing is we're relanguaging the environment first you know avatar has certain languages like the power five is one of the things uh in avatar and the power five is patience obedience wisdom endurance and respect of self and others the power five those five Mm. things are in every experience every human being has in their whole life you're building those power five and so we're changing the way you look at your life um and you're going there you go through what's called the hero work where you look at certain key experiences from your life that you keep bringing up you just can't shut up about them. Mm. They define you in a good or bad way. And we go through those in Hero Group. And what we do is you and your peers, because don't, we don't really play that big of a role, find the hero qualities in you in that story. You know, if you're robbing a bank, you're a pretty quick guy. So agility is one of your, you know, and so, you know, so we <laughs> yeah. look, yeah, we look for the gift. We do not spend any time on the problem. Should have seen how good an athletic guy was when I was jumping the <laughs> right, counter at that pharmacy. Right, exactly. <laughs> jumping the fence, right? Um, and, and that can be really perspective shifting. And then the other thing mm. is the journal itself. It's a, uh, a like a, a journal that we put together. It's a binder that goes with you that we, we were actually working on that today. And it includes certain daily exercises that you do every day. And um, they include things we've all heard about. So at Positive Affirmations. Um, gratitude lists, drawing in nature, poetry, storytelling, which is a huge way to get to that other part of the mind. Um, And those are done every day. But the most important thing about that is every day you review that work in the talking circle. Um, with everything is about ceremony everything is about creating a sacred environment around everything that you do and um, Mm. 
We teach you how to be the eagle, which Derek's really never done a lot of the eagle vision. You like that. Ego, we know, is easing God out or whatever. But Mm. eagle is everything absolutely God lives in everything. And so it's a meditation exercise where you literally have to just look. Like an eagle doesn't like look at the, you know, the rat on the ground and go, "Mm, I'm tired today. I don't feel good about myself. I'm not going to go get that rat. (laughs) An eagle just goes rat and eats it, you know. So having eagle vision is just seeing things the way they are Mm. so there's an exercise that you Mm. do every day and and when you just and you start to notice the other voice the voice that's telling you i don't have enough money i'm fat i'm ugly stupid whatever that tape is that that you have yeah i was was taping something before this tonight it was five reasons why people don't succeed Mm -hmm. like five things that we tell ourselves and you know a lot of the stuff that you're talking about was there well, I say, I say, women, it's fat, ugly, stupid. I used to call them my fusses. You know, I was like, oh, these things, they don't go. And with male clients, it was always, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. I don't have yeah. money. Or it, time. Right, time, whatever. But it's I just identifying it, you know? Fear and, of not taking risks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, when I, um, when I was growing up, I worked for a family member. And uh, pretty much every day, multiple times a day, he'd call me an idiot. Mm. And um, Where is he? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to forgive that, but it's, it's work. But um, he, uh, but after you know, after years of heroin abuse and stuff, I came into treatment, and my counselor, I asked him, like, I call myself an idiot like all the time. How do I stop that? And he's a really smart guy. He said, um, it's really difficult. You mm-hmm. have to like say, repeat. Every time you go to call yourself and, and you do it something extreme in the other direction, like creative genius, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just keep repeating that. It's like a positive affirmation. It's mm-hmm. the type, mm-hmm. same type mm-hmm. of thing. And um, I, I did that a little bit. But I, I, what I did was I kept, I kept telling myself, no, every time, just no, don't, don't, don't say that. And I realized it was bad, and it took years. One of the things that I suggest too, and I want to ask you a question: What did you do when he called you an idiot? Well, I just tried to work harder. Okay. Well, okay. So in hero group, we would hear that story, yeah. and we would say, "What's the hero quality in that? Fortitude, For, yeah, endurance. Right. Mm. You know, yeah. there's a whole list of qualities. We wouldn't even let you stay there because the kid that took that, you know, it, you have to see yourself differently." Like uh, you, somebody else might have restraint is a huge hero quality. You know, I mean, I would, you know, you didn't knock him out. Tolerance, <laughs> yeah. tolerance, patience. Yeah. And we would just take make a checklist, mm-hmm. right? And then you would get all you, these. We would give you the copy of the paper, and you would collect these, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the journaling, you whatever, have a list of your top five, and then with that, you go and you you actually design your superhero. Based on those five superheroes. Ooh, very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really of, uncomfortable. <laughs> but instead of instead of like focusing on, you know, being called the idiot, right? Mm. You're being told by multiple people five good qualities that they heard, like patience, tolerance, mm. or you know, whatever, whatever. So now, so now, when you think of idiot, these other things coming. You don't your even head. think about that anymore yeah. because what's mm. happened is, is you've done not just the idiot, the guy who called. I hate that. Not the guy who that one experience. You now have like, you know, four to eight other experiences, and what happens is, is you notice a pattern. 
And you're going to see that in the other six, you also had fortitude. And oh my God, look at this. I've been training my whole life. The moment I was born, I've been training to be this superhero. And then you work, you write, I call it, I'm a comic book person or, you know, and you, you write book one. You write your hero story. You draw your hero, uniform and all, mosc- mascots, motto, everything. And this is a, this yeah. is an exercise that you actually do with everybody. Oh yeah, we have oh. over 150 heroes. I, we have them. Um, we're actually one of the visions we have for the nonprofit is to have a memorial, an art memorial, travel with us. You don't with... have guys in tights though, no. No, oh. no. <laughs> What's your hero? I can see DQ running around with tights. Yeah, so cake. like my, when I was down. If in you're Del- a hero and you're watching this show, please type into Facebook because I know some of you. No, where are you at, Amadeus? Yeah, where are you? Where are you? Um, you're my hero. <laughs> Spartan. Um, no, when I was yeah, Spartan. The Spartan. <laughs> so my my hero name that I chose was Destructive Disciple, <laughs> meaning like, you know, I'm this. You know, God-believing dude from Boston, (laughs) right? And I'm, like, attached to the Christian church, and I claim Jesus, but I shoot heroin. And I rob... This is his book one, remember, yeah. You know, and and I destruct myself. Like, it's like spiritual warfare. Like, the artist that that we work with with this, you know, he even put on on the photo, like the devil and the angel where it's like i'm having this spiritual warfare Mm. inner turmoil yeah yeah um it was just such a pot like during during the process i didn't understand any of it (laughs) right yeah yeah, right and and, and it's it's kind of like the steps it's it's in the sense that it's not designed to uh be explained Mm -mm. it's designed to be experienced Right. Yes, there's, there's so, been some other things in our life that that you know we've experienced. Like I don't know if you know anything about a Curcio. Mm. Yeah, Curcio re- is Curcio means short course, and we we lived. Um, it, it it's an experience that needs to be lived. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't it, explain that. Yeah, yeah. we can't explain because I seen things and, and experienced things that weekend that only div- could have been done divinely. Bill had Bill had, invited me to that, and had, I wish I went. Had any. Had any other force or person been involved, these experiences wouldn't have happened. Mm. And and it takes place over at Stonehill College, nice. um, on the Holy Cross Retreat House. Nice. And it, so it's basically a short course of Christianity. Nice. But the things that I get out of that, because like all a the short stuff that I short course in seeing men cry is what it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> the, but all of the stuff that I went, all the stuff that I learned there, I. That was CCD for me. Right, you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. And but like to to do do some twelve step work to do that to to be helping others like that stuff like was extremely impactful. Like you can't explain what happened uh, mm-hmm. or, or what happens on that mm. weekend. Mm-hmm. It it needs to be lived. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so. that's the power of this like this program here. Like you know it it's. Finding out who we're not so that we can find out who we are, mm-hmm. you know, mm. which kind of goes hand in hand with the model that we already have. So 
I mean, I'm just so happy that this is like actually happening now. Right. Because right. it's been it's been a conversation for a long, long time, and you know how are we gonna how are we gonna implement this, and you know is this happening something? at your at your house? Your yeah. Place. So now it's not yeah. now it's not the how it's the when. It's well, we 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 got everything ready. We do our first group tomorrow with the guys. We do our first fire tomorrow night. And if you go to the website, um, it's globalahavatarinitiative.org, there is a testimonial page if you want to see some of the artwork of the heroes. I believe uh, the Joker's up there, uh, Empathetic mm. Badass is up there, and the Power Five Professor. Um, but there, we're going to be posting more as the uh, testimonials come in. But please make a donation. It costs about 2500 to do a sober home. We will travel anywhere in all 50 states. We will bring you the training, all the materials. Um, everything that you need. The only thing that we ask is you give uh, an evi- a questionnaire every week to the clients to see how it's affecting them, how it's so so we can actually work to shift the perspective in mm. in the world clinically. Uh, and after many years, show the effect long term. And that's all. That's all. And we'll be traveling and training um, as many as possible. But you know, my goal is to um, we just I just wrote out for a grant in Arizona where we are for some sober homes there, but. We'll go anywhere. I mean, it would be a dream. The first donation I got was from the Klein Foundation, which is a a cousin of mine who lives here in Massachusetts. So it made the most sense to make the first home here in Massachusetts. So, Mm. um, and Derek was here. um, And so that's why we're here is because that's where the first donation came. This probably started a long time ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But you get neither one of you knew it. No, no and actually, you know, mm. I I love Derek, but he went he went home before a lot of the guys went home because he had kids. And yeah, when I got the reps for everything on Facebook, um, oh, another big component at um, at my at the, is we all design our own charity, um, and the reason why we do that is because prayer, people, and purpose are the three things that you need to recover. And to design a charity, it just changes you. There are there are clients that nothing when nothing else will reach them. The moment they sit down and actually design a charity, mm. you find out what really matters to them. You know, right. and I have all the charity. And so when Reps for Recovery, which is the charity that Derek and Rob and Amadeus and they Zach. all designed, uh, and Zach. Um, Aw, Zach. Mm. Um, eh, They started it. I'll never forget it. I was having a dark day. I mean, just a dark day. Like, why am I doing this? You know, you're dealing with contractors and stuff like that. And um, there it was on Facebook, Refs Recovery. I text Mike, who is the art the artist that we're talking about that does all the graphic design. He's a genius. Um, And... I, it was like the best news of our life. We were like, oh, my God, there he is. There he is. He's the alpha. <laughs> he's, the, he's the guy. He's the guy that took it all the way. And um, and so now, you know, um, and now we're here. So, uh. so yes, we tagged. Yeah, we tagged the um, – we have the website here. Uh, and please, like New Hampshire, post. you know, uh, Ohio, Indiana, you're all on my map. Hawaii, yeah, preferably. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll go back to Florida. That's an extra two thousand for that. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just totally. That um, was a bad joke. But def- definitely, <laughs> you know, check out the link. Um, you know, see see I mean, what the program's about. 
even a dollar helps us buy, you know, what was it? Colored pencil packs or two ninety nine. Send me two nine. It's none of it is gonna. It's complete nonprofit. Everything is going straight to give the art supplies and the books and and the wood and the fire and the sage and and, and the training and, and travel. What's the your treatment center going to be called? It's Ahavatar, Ahavatar Vision Quest. Yeah, and that's and in. It's in Alfreda, Arizona. It's two hours south of Tucson, um, and it. It should, you know, we should be done with construction April 1st. That's the final, uh, we hope, we hope. But we nice. will, if we hear anything or, or we there's any breaking news, we will share it yeah. on our page. Yeah. And and I'm, I'll be back. I mean, the whole idea is that Joseph's House now is a part of the, the, the vision. And so mm. part of that is to come back on a regular basis, continue right. doing ceremony, continue, um, you know, keeping the guys plugged in and, and to show how amazing it is, you know. And awesome. if you have a sober home and you're breaking even, God bless you. You know, thank you for what you're doing because most people don't realize it is a break. Well, I know you guys are telling me things. Are, they're making a lot of money around here. But most people break even. And I just want you to know that we are here to help you get good programming. We fit. Avatar fits with 12 steps, smart recovery, refuge recovery, celebrate recovery. We don't care. We will wrap around whatever you're doing to bring connection and ceremony to your to your men and women that you have um, in your home. Sean so Mahoney, call me tonight, please. <laughs> keep going. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oceans. Sean and Mark Mahoney, if you're watching this, text me. Yep. Um, So that that was uh, that was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Like like usual. (laughs) I love you guys. Anytime you're back, please feel free. Um, We also have a promotion going on right now. Oh yes, yes. It's still still up, still Still going. We have. uh, I had Corey Bashaw on here, and he threw up. He threw up. If you know you like and share his page, like and share our page, you give a hundred dollar gift card. Nice. Well, we've only got two people on there so far, so we're mentioning it all the time. Get on, go on to that podcast, Corey Bashaw. Um, share the Bashaw group, like the page, and share and like our page, and put an X one in the comments when you're done. And then we can go back and see who's going to get the hundred dollar gift card. It's pretty easy, hundred bucks. I know. So far, there's only two people. So somebody's going to get it. Yeah. Quick hundo. All right, all right, people. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, thank you, Rabbi. Thank you guys for listening, having us. Tom, love you. Yes, check out uh, Rabbi Jenny's page, uh, Revelations Recoveries page. You know, if you guys are in the in in the South Shore area, Kingston. um, You know, I I know how the houses run, so. If you guys want uh, quality recovery, get over there. All right. Um, once again, we're Life on Life's Terms. Peace. Peace. Peace.